Can you feel the anticipation? Can you feel it? It's like Christmas Eve out here. It's scrimmage eve, preseason game one eve. All the questions are going to start to get answered tomorrow. Should be great to see on this jam-packed issue, or episode, I should say, of the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, do want to let you know, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel, please. Also, want to talk about this real quick. These are the latest Heisman odds. I know this is early. I know this is early to go, but the latest Heisman odds right now are for C.J. Stroud plus 300, Caleb Williams plus 350. That's kind of um, high for USC. Bryce Young at plus 500. I'll believe it when I see it. And then you get to the long shots of them. I like Will Anderson. And if Jackson Dart's even in the conversation in November, I like him and what he is going to do in this offense. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Anyway, scrimmage eve. So many questions out there. I know everybody is talking and thinking about the quarterback competition and they want to look into it. I do want to caution people about judging play to play what happens in a game. I know people are going to do it. They're only human. This the way that we operate. But there is a body of work that has been built up over the last week and a half for Luke Altmaier for Jackson Dart. This will be the first chance to almost put a cherry on top of everything to where you can take a step to go. Because right now, if you look at the quarterback competition, in my opinion, it's even. Everything's, you know, you do not know who is going to get the job. I think the lead that was gained in the spring by Luke Altmaier might be gone now. It might be completely even. If you hear the coaches say things like the coaches are doing the, the players are doing the same thing, the quarterbacks are doing the same thing. They do something good, they do something bad. It sounds fairly even. And this is a game where you can get out in front of a bunch of people. There's no way you can cover it up. All the pressure of performing in front of fans is going to be there. And you can go out and try and do something special. That's the goal. That's what they want to do. They want to go out and do something memorable. Now, whether it's Luke Altmaier, who, like I said, the same as the spring game. I've been talking about this for four months. I want to see Luke Altmaier aggressive. I want to see him in this scrimmage go nine for 20 and two touchdowns. That's what I want to see for him. I want to see him throw the ball down the field. I want to see him throw for 180 yards. Jackson Dart, the opposite. I know that Jackson Dart can be aggressive downfield. I know what you have there. I want to see Jackson Dart go 16 of 20 for 98 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers. That's what I want to see from Jackson Dart today, or tomorrow, I should say. And 
whoever does that is probably going to take a step towards starting against Troy. Because I've told you at the beginning of this week, these are the two most important weeks for a team of the year. It is important that they establish their firm identity, whatever happens here once they start the game week preparation and coaches are starting to have to be multitasking and players are starting to think about games and depth charts come into play. These two weeks will be the last that a coach and a player and all that can just dig in for what they're doing. They're just the straight competition. Once the preseason game two happens, probably next Saturday, it won't be open to the public, but probably next Saturday, we will have an idea of where this team is. Now, when I say that, we don't have an we won't have an idea of whether this team is going to be five and seven or eleven and one. That's not what I'm saying. But the identity of this team will be in in place. You do have a powerful running game. I do want to see Zach Evans. I want to see Ulysses Bentley. I want to see Quinshawn Judkins because they have raved about that freshman. And I talked with Mike Espy the other day. And he mentioned like when he knew that Patrick Willis became was going to be a dude. And you're starting to see a little bit of that same thing with Davis Nigmanosin and um Quinshawn Judkins, those two players specifically, are showing up and raving like one player on each side of the ball. Now, Quinshawn is stuck behind Zach Evans, who might be the most talented running back to ever sign at Ole Miss. And Ulysses Bentley the fourth, who a breakdown went up last night on him. Tonight, by the way, we're going to do Michael Trigg as far as our newcomer and Luke Altmeyer breakdowns. Um Next week, we're going to get into like Mason Brooks and Jared Ivey and those guys. We'll get onto the defensive side of the ball, and we'll have two weeks of that um, to where we can pro that, program that. So be, be aware that that could be coming down the pipe as well. But all of this is really fun, and I need to talk very little this first segment because we have John Garcia coming up in the second segment and potentially Tom Vanderford in the third. So this first segment, I do need to save a little bit of time, but... This is important and pressure-filled more than you would believe, more than you can conceive. Because most people look at it as just a practice, just going out and play, just do whatever you need to do. But there's so many questions that are really going to start to get answered with this scrimmage Saturday. Now, no final decisions are going to be made, but these are going to be bullet points that will be on the resume for whoever wins the job. Whoever is out at wide receiver, whoever is the dude, Malik Heath, Jonathan Mingo, Braylon Brown, um, Jalen Knox on the outside. On the inside, Jalen Robinson, J.J. Henry. All of these bullet points and all of this competition that we always talk about, about the three pillars of a Lane Kiffin coached football team, competition, fun, and pro mindset. Those are the three things that they are going to emphasize over and over again you will see them on display tomorrow. And these will be bullet points to get to where they need to be. This is all part of that competition stuff. They have fun competing. And guys, this this is this team is deep. I have not seen a team look like this in my 46 years. Now, does that mean they're going to win 10 games? Of course not. This fall camp, this fall practice is going a long way to establish the identity that is going to carry them through December. What happens now is going to affect 
all of the games moving forward. And we'll see how it goes. We'll find out, you know, like I said, do not judge necessarily the performance of Dart and Altmaier, although you will, because a play on third down in the scrimmage is going to be mean just as much as a third down play on a practice last Thursday and in shorts and shoulder pads. It's all going to be grouped together and a part of the decision. So understand that it could be a little bit different, but we'll get to lay eyes on these players. We'll get to see those passes. We've seen some pretty passes without the quarterback this fall. I think they've done that on purpose. But we'll see exactly how that plays out. But until then, you know, we'll continue with the practice stuff. The player interviews, all of that will be done on here as well. So we will try and keep up with, to date with that. Today will be our last show of the week. Our next show will be Monday. And we will do post-practice stuff or players' talks. Um, and, of course, we'll have the breakdown segment as well um, through the weekend as they are necessary. But anyway, enjoy it. Open practice. It's tentatively slated to start at 11.30 Central at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. It can move up or down. I don't know exactly how they'll do that. Um, but... It's a, it's a place where you can go and lay eyes on these prospects if you miss them in the Grove Bowl. should be interesting because, like, Zach Evans in the Grove Bowl played four snaps. So it's an opportunity for you to go lay eyes on him. He's a good player. He is a really good player. And I think he is going to force defenses to look at Ole Miss's offense in a different way. There's so many things. I'm telling you, this team can be really good. This team can be very meh. I don't think this team could be bad. I have to see what the season looks like, but we're looking somewhere in between 10 and 2 and 6 and 6, honestly. 11 and 1, maybe. I don't know. But we'll once it gets closer, we'll we'll go through each of the games and kind of break down that in a show um, as it gets closer to the games because we're. Tomorrow, we're two weeks away from week zero. It's here. It's happening. And, I, man, I am unbelievably excited. Let me tell you about BetOnline.com before we get to John Garcia. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest ways to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I bet if you even said pretty please, you could find a line on Major League Soccer. Get that Charlotte Inter Miami line. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in game betting and scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Ole Miss is predicted to win seven and a half games over under from Bet Online, and they are favored in week one by 21 and a half points. If you don't agree with either one of those, or if you do, you can put your money where your mouth is on that. You can hit them up, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Do not forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure it's a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. John Garcia is joining us today, and he comes courtesy of LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, Stephen. Good to be back on with you. Uh, season's here, pretty much, so we're excited, man. This is like the apex of, of football for us. Everything's gearing up at every level, so hard not to be excited at this point. Yeah, it's like two, we're like two weeks from tomorrow away from week zero. I mean oh, – Amazing. It, Just amazing. Let's let's yeah. get there. Nebraska, Northwestern, and Ireland. Let's do it. All right. So, anyway, I want to talk to you. Ole Miss had a big weekend. We weren't able to connect the last couple of weeks because of various things. So, that's the reason this is a little bit late. But Ole Miss got a couple of commitments from um, several players, including Jamarius Brown. He's kind of the most highly thought of. Talk a little bit about Jamarius, if you would. What an exciting football player, right? In-state kid coming out of Moss Point, uh, 265 pounds, listed, of course, as an interior defensive lineman where where he will inevitably play in the SEC West, but there's so much more to him than than just that. I mean, he plays a ton of offense for Moss Point, lines up in the backfield. This is more of a J.J. Pegues type of of two-way guy where he's a lead blocker, a tight end, a fullback on offense, and you see just the competitive nature he brings and the point of contact ability he brings on offense and it gets you excited about defense because he can absolutely wreck you at the point of contact he plays with great leverage uh, and there's a lot of effort and intensity in that motor that he presents on defense as well and, and what i like about him on tape is that he lines up everywhere we see him at defensive end defensive tackle he's head up on the center at times this is a kid who you can tell his coaches just love him because they are able to use him as a chess piece and move him up and down that defensive line with big impacts either way. This kid's even blocked a punt at 270 pounds. I mean, it, it's really interesting to see him once the football is snapped. He's, he's just like a different guy. So I think the foundation athletically uh, and in terms of his position is absolutely there. I think his body has great length and a great frame. So I think you can add weight to it. He could probably play more traditionally at 285, 290 down the line uh, for Ole Miss. Uh, and that's what you need. You need guys, obviously, who, who have the great size, strength, and leverage that Jamarius possesses, but also with the upside to be able to play inside against the big boys down in, down out uh, on early downs against the run and eventually to, to rush the passer as, as an interior guy. So there's a lot to like about his game now, but even more to like about his game down the line. Yeah, and it was just a big weekend for Ole Miss um, getting him four stars because they also pulled one in from Neil Avery. He's from up in Maryland. Talk about him a little bit. Another interesting two-way guy. This was a quarterback a couple years ago up at Good Council, one of the better schools in the Catholic League up there, which is a really good league of football, by the way. Great football up in that D.C. area. Uh, And he's he's played all over the field, but there's no doubt that his future is, is as a pass rusher. And I think he's got some versatility to his game as well. I think he's listed right now at about 230 pounds. This is a tall kid, legitimately 6'4", closer to 6'5", probably by now. So he can carry more weight and be kind of a strong side defensive end down the line. Think of Sam Williams when you're talking about body composition. Sam was at a similar size at the high school level in Montgomery, Alabama. So Avery's got a lot of upside physically to grow into, but the floor right now is really interesting and intriguing athletically. I mentioned the quarterback 
background that he has this was a big physical dual threat running quarterback so there's a lot of natural instincts speed and vision that come to play with Avery and that helps him I think as a pass rusher because he can navigate the muck and the wash just a little bit better than your typical defensive end and I think it offers him a little bit more ability to maybe drop into coverage and maybe play some non-pass rusher roles depending on how his body develops because he does have a little bit more of, of an overall football foundation. But at the surface level, if he's a strong side or weak side pass rusher, I think he's got enough get off and bend to beat offensive tackles with speed. And as he fills out, he'll be able to create some counter moves there and win a little bit more with leverage and power to offset the, the natural ability he shows as a speed rusher. So a lot to like of, of Neil Avery, a former Penn State commit. And it's important to go out of the region here, right? I mean, we can fall in love with local guys and regional guys all the time, and that's great. But to show that that national brand that Ole Miss wants to be, you've got to go pluck outside the region. And that's something we've seen a ton in the portal, and now we're seeing it more at the high school level as well. Yeah, the first thing I notice whenever I see Neo on film, the thing that just kind of jumps off is how quick twitch he is, especially at the high school level. He can absolutely embarrass offensive linemen if you don't come to play. 100%. And I think that that shows on offense, too. You know, he's just a football player. And I think, you know, when when you simplify that for a kid like that, again, against very good competition, you enable him to truly just let go. And you see that that physicality off the line of scrimmage with the short area explosion. And by the way, when he gets to the ball character, there, there's some finishing ability in his game as well, which if we're seeing that at 225, 230, imagine it at 255, 260, which is where he could be, you know, by his second year in Oxford with the strength and conditioning program in place. So there's a lot of upside, I think, with, with Neil Avery's physically a physical game, but the floor is really strong here if, if he is even just a specialist as a pass rusher. Yeah, pretty good. Um, another, the next player I want to talk about, um, I think he was in Opelika, Alabama, transferred to North Carolina, is Javante Connors, a tight end. You look on film, and he looks legit, but then you see recruiting services hitting him at like lower three-star ratings. But he's a 250-pound guy that's six foot four that catches the ball. What am I missing here? <laughs> I think there's there's a lack of uh, traditional tight end tape available on him, so there's a lot of questions about you know how well does he block and some of the conventional things that you look at it and look. Not a lot of scouts are going to Opelika. I love that whole area, but not a lot of scouts were going there, and even less will go to, to Kernersville, North Carolina. But this kid can play. Uh, he's a flex tight end. He says it himself. And we know Ole Miss loves to utilize this. I mean, look at Michael Trigg. I mean, he's going to basically be brought in to play whatever we see Michael Trigg do this year. That's going to be the sell uh, for, for this Alabama native. Former teammate, of course, of Jarrell Stinson, the freshman corner at Ole Miss uh, there at Opelika. And, and when Stinson wasn't the vertical threat, uh, it was this kid that was getting the majority of, of those passing targets. And you see a lot in his game. He moves quite well for 250 pounds. That's really what, what struck me in, in the evaluation. Not, not only is, is he a vertical guy, uh, and, and is he a 50-50 ball guy that's just going to out-rebound the defensive back or a linebacker, and he's, he's got all that in his bag, but this is a kid who wants to run routes. I mean, he can stick his foot in the ground and absolutely change direction with authority. And, and that's some of the stuff that I started to like the more I watched uh, of him. Great uh, ball skills, comfortable with the ball in the air, can capture it uh, with, you know, with the defender on his back, over the shoulder, 
uh, extended away from his body, almost like a jumbo wide receiver, which is often how we associate Mike with Trigg. And, and this kid is even heavier uh, than Mike is, probably taller too. So I, I think there's a lot to like about that lineage that Ole Miss is trying to build at the tight end position. And yeah, I think there should be some worry about uh, how some of these outlets view view this kid because we all know tight end and these modern flex tight ends that's the new wave right that's the new premium position the new position that everybody's putting more resources into whether it's nfl contracts recruiting uh, trying to import these basketball players and make them these type of hybrid flex tight ends uh, we already see that in this kid so i do think that there's a little bit of undervalued uh, perception around his game, but certainly a big get for Ole Miss, especially when you think of him as as a six A guy in Opelika, Alabama. That that's a really big deal when you go into that state and, and pluck uh, an impact player on on either side of the ball. Yeah, the next kid we're going to talk about comes from a junior college that I worked for rivals for ten years, and I never talked about this community <laughs> college. Yep. Southwest Mississippi Community College, the Bears. Isavion Miller. It's, it's nice for that school to have somebody coming out, and their uniforms look good. It looks like they're investing a little bit in football right now. Uh, this is a guy that you want to get off the bus first. This dude looks really good. Yeah, you, you can't teach. I don't care what Juco it is. 6'6", six, six, mm-hmm. 330, whatever he's listed as, and then carrying it well. is usually Those are usually two different things. Miller shows a, a lot of that uh, coming off the bus, as you mentioned, uh, just a massive human being uh, who you wonder, you know, you just wonder in terms of his position, you know, offensive tackle is certainly where you just peg him because of that great height and great length. Uh, but you just wonder, you know, how fleet of foot is he? Can he be a road grader on the interior? Can he be a front side protector as a right tackle? All of those are great problems to have if you're Ole Miss because you're going to get a more mature player who's done it against some level of college competition so I think that creates just a little bit more oomph and onus into the player once he gets into a program like Ole Miss that's going to have some turnover of course on the offensive line and and he's going to be one of those guys in the mix immediately so the more he can do potentially the better chances you know he sees the field pretty early on in Oxford and and yeah like you said Stephen a lot more people are going to be watching ball in, in Southwest Mississippi Juco territory than we've, we've maybe ever seen. Yeah, good player, real good player. Also, before we let you go, I do want to talk SI released there, SI 199. Sunterine Perkins came in at number 68. Talk a little bit about that rankings, where you see Sunterine. Is there, is there a chance to move up? Stuff like that. Absolutely a chance to move up. We, we talked about versatility with a lot of these Ole Miss commits earlier i don't know if there's a more versatile old miss commit than than Sunterine perkins a guy who plays running back linebacker you could probably walk him down and let him rush the passer full time or he's athletic enough to play safety and, and just kind of be the the navigator of the entire defense or as, as a rover of of the 90s and early 2000s this is a lot to like from a football player perspective but it also creates this doubt right what is he going to be a linebacker at the next level do we need to see more of him at that position how does his body you know figure relative to that does he stay in that 225 230 range does he get a whole lot bigger and then start dominating more downhill maybe we change the position projection there so i think the foundation's great we love his two-way ability a true football player as we mentioned earlier but yeah maybe he's got room to improve 
physically and, and maybe that changes where we see him in, in the final rankings come January but for us this is definitely one of the best if not the best players in the state of Mississippi he's got that combination of high floor and high ceiling where you really kind of can't deny a, a very high ranking for a kid uh, like Sunterine Perkins but I think you know most of your audience, Steven, is probably more concerned about where he's going to play, right? All the cryptic Alabama stuff that we saw over the last couple of months, you know, how much does that play into what, what he's actually thinking? So Perkins is going to have a lot of eyeballs on him athletically, whether you're talking position projection or certainly just in terms of where he's going to go, you know, because he's that intriguing of a football player. But I think when you talk about his ability, I think he could be a Dylan Moses type, a guy who we – were worried about positionally and filling out and all that early in his high school career. But once he actually settles on one position in college, you actually see quick acceleration and he gets on the field very shortly thereafter because he's able to focus on one spot and often cases for the first time in, in his entire life. And that usually can create a pretty quick learning curve. So that's kind of what I expect for Perkins at this point, but we'll definitely be watching him as a senior. And like everyone else, he'll have a chance to move up uh, come January when we wrap up this class. All right. John Garcia brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs on the show today. Thank you, John, so much for stopping by, and we'll catch you next time. Always a pleasure, Stephen. Take care, boss. All right. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Sign up for YouTube. Hit the bell for notifications. And, of course, upvote the video itself. We would appreciate it. I'm here for our weekly segment. I think we missed last week, but that's okay. With Tom Vanderford. Um, how you doing, Tom? I'm doing great, man. Yeah. Man, I tell you what, we've we've had a busy week you, since you missed out on the show. Um, I tried to be absolutely everywhere, and um, I think I've done a pretty good job of that, but I'm sure there's some people pissed off at me right now. <laughs> Nothing mm. wrong with that. Yeah, no, and it's fun. I like putting the interviews out um, on social media. I like doing all of that stuff on TikTok. I mean... We're doing a lot of stuff. Anyway, first scrimmage is tomorrow. Um, this is scrimmage eve. And what are you looking forward to the Rebels accomplishing in scrimmage preseason game number one? Man, I just I, I, I want to see how the quarterbacks perform. Uh, I think that's important. Um from everything I've read, uh, there there are good things and bad things that all three of them are doing. Uh, I'd like to see, and this is just me personally, I'd like to see there there start to be a little bit of separation as time goes on, and, and whoever it is, mm-hmm. uh, just for co- cohesiveness and 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 you know getting getting things going. I like we've talked before. I know we're going to run the balls sixty five percent of the time at least. But and and we should. We got a good offensive line. We've got we've got uh, very good running backs. So, um, but I want to see how the quarterbacks perform. I want to see how the linebacker depth is. I know people have talked about that, but from what little I've heard, uh, you know, we've got we've got. I think we're a little bit deeper if we just run two linebackers than maybe. Some think uh, yeah. a couple of the freshmen are looking good. Um, you know, Keys is back. They say he's 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 showing out. 
Uh, so I think we may be a little bit, we won't be as seasoned because, uh, you know, as far as the people that have been at Ole Miss and been in the system, Ashanti's the only one with a lot of experience, and he don't have a whole lot. He yeah. only started a couple of games last year because um, of targeting penalties. Of course, yeah. he did good when he was, was there. Uh, led the team in tackles against Louisville. Had a great game against A&M. But, but you, you know, I think maybe that's what, what Lane's uh, talking about when he says, he, you know, it's a little uneasy at linebacker. He's got some guys. He's got some good guys that transferred in, but they're not. They don't know the system yet. And uh, so I'm looking to see linebacker now. Secondary, I keep hearing that we've got uh, that we're deep at safety and that we've got really good corners. And uh, you know, defensive line, I, I hear we we've got plenty of depth there. So linebacker and quarterback are my big things. I I do believe that we're going to be, and this is hard for some people to believe, but I think we're going to be better at wide receiver this year than we were last year. Yeah, Mike Espy um, says this has the potential to be the number one unit on the team by the time this year is done, which I don't know if I believe that. I think that's a um, wide receiver um, oh, talking yeah. about wide yeah, receivers. Right, but, exactly, exactly. But, you know, we got, we've got we got so many. we got Jalen Knox, Brother Brown. we got uh, – uh, the Davis kid from Biggersville that I, I can't even think of his first name right now. Quite. We've got, you know, Jalen Robinson. We've got, we've just got a ton of talent. And then we've got two really good tight ends. Uh, Kelly's a good tight end. He, he brings you a certain skill set. And uh, then you've got Trigg, which is a man child. So I'm really looking forward to, to those things. The, the linebackers and the quarterbacks, because in my mind, and I could be completely off base, uh, those are our weak points. No, you know. Uh, so if we can, if we can fix that, we should have a really good team. Yeah, and, and quarterback being the weak point, that's obviously an issue. But linebacker, you know, you have to remember there's nine other players on that defense besides those two. Exactly. So, exactly. So, uh, yeah. It, it allows you to have a little bit more leeway at the linebacker position, and it might be better than you think it's going to be. There's exactly. more margin for error. So. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when when they made the the when they made the and I may be incorrect, but when they started talking about problems at linebacker, they didn't know if Keys was going to come back 100 percent or not. Uh, they didn't know how the freshmen were going to play. So, you know, I, I think it's a little bit better than than they had thought. But the quarterback thing is just for this year especially, we need a field general. We need a Jay Barker. You yeah, A.J. McCarron. I've said that, yeah. A.J. McCarron. We need mm. somebody like that, somebody that's going to be a really – take really good care of the ball, limit turnovers, uh, dump off to his backs when he needs to. Um, and and I'm perfectly happy with whoever that is. Yeah, I, I am thrilled that we've got three quarterbacks that can play that can play in SEC. I don't think we've ever had, especially, you know, Altmyer and, and, and uh, Dart, 
I don't think we've ever had two people of the caliber of Altmeyer and Dart at the same time. The only issue with them is they're both sophomores. So, you know, it's it's a lot different being a sophomore in the SEC and being a, uh, you know, a, a senior in the SEC or a, or a fourth-year junior. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think this quarterback competition, people are going to get lost a little bit in the minutia of it because I think they might know even after this weekend which direction they're going to go. Maybe after next weekend which direction they're going to go. That doesn't mean we're going to find out about it. They're not going to tell us anything. I tell people all the time, the Louisville game last year when we came out in a completely different defense that surprised absolutely everything, everybody, if that can happen – we're not going to find out a thing about this quarterback competition. No. We won't know who's going to take the first snap until they take the first snap. All That's right. just Lane Kiffin's M.O., man. He's not mm-hmm. going to show any cards. Yeah. It, it, it's all about finding an advantage, uh, something to win um, competitively. They do it in recruiting all the time. That's the reason all this cutting-edge stuff happens, because he's an early adopter and he's trying to find that edge. That's just in his DNA. Yep, exactly, exactly. And it's a wonderful thing to have if if you're an Ole Miss Rebel fan. Yeah. You know, he's constantly trying to improve. You know, he's a a continuous improvement. He's Mm -hmm. always trying to find the next thing that he can make better. Yeah, and there's there's no such thing. I always joke that, like they they said when you were probably in, there's no such thing as a 5-0 sailor. Uh, exactly. On every rep, he's going to find something wrong with it and a way to make it a exactly. little bit better. Mm. Exactly. You know, like Matt Corral said last year, he crawled his rear end all the time. Mm. You know, uh, it's just it's just how you make it better, and that's that pro mindset. And mm. you know, I'm I'm I, I, I'm also interested real quick in the scrimmage. I, I want to see how the kids that have been there a long time. And the transfers, I want to see how they gel. I want to see how they work as a unit, both on offense and defense. Uh, defense more than offense because we had a lot more transfers on defense than we did on offense. Um, but somebody like, somebody like Dennis okay. Jackson, it's kind of put yeah. up or shut up time for him, though. Exactly, because mm. there's so much talent there. And that, mm. hey, and Dennis is, is – the, you know, probably one of the best two with Mingo returning receivers from last year, mm. but and he did some good things last year, but we have got tons of talent. Mm. I mean, Braylon Brown, Jalen, not. I mean, you just keep going. Uh, Robinson. I mean, these guys are. I mean, when I see the videos that that are flashing around on the internet of Robinson. He reminds me a whole lot of number eight. Yeah, I, 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 we've been trying not to do that, but yes, he, he's he's definitely a phone booth type player. Exactly. Hmm. Now I don't. Yeah, he's 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 something that that we were missing last year. Triggs something we were missing last year, hmm. and and you know wide receiver depth was something that we were missing last year, and I think we've got a lot more depth at wide receiver than we had last year. You know, we went pretty deep last year at wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we took a corner and put him at receiver in the LSU game. That's, you know, that's how how we were bad. We, we needed people. 
So, you know, Miles Battle uh, actually played a little receiver against LSU. So I think we've got enough depth this year we won't have to do that. And I keep hearing great things about the corners. I keep hearing we're extremely deep at cornerback. And I'll be honest with you, I can't remember a time ever that we've been extremely deep at cornerback. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Davis and Igman is going to start. I do, too. Mm. I do, too. I He is good. Mm. He is good, and he's he's supremely intelligent. Got a high football IQ, you know. And once again, you know, uh, they go to New Jersey and pick somebody up. You know, I think Taiwan Malone's going to play a lot more this year. Oh yeah. I think uh, I think this is just me. I could be wrong, but I think in certain instances, and you know, you know, uh, Kiffin kind of alluded to it a little bit. Uh, in the press conference, I think in certain instances, you know, we're we're gonna our base is gonna be the three two six, but in certain instances, you may see some four two five. Yeah, and uh, and, and what that four two five? I tried to explain it on my show from time to time. The four two five would be t- you take a box safety off the field and you replace him with a three technique. And the, and, exactly. And the deep, yeah, and the defense is drop seven instead of drop eight, and you can play a more conventional way. Now, yeah. You practice all this three two six stuff. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, but, but it does give you a different wrinkle and a different way you can play. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, it's it's I, it's it's exciting. At the same time, you know, I you have to tamp your excitement because there is so much influx of new people. You know, they. How cohesive are they going to be? Now, I've heard some things that that they are, and they're getting more cohesive in each practice. So that's a good that's a good sign, you know. Part, uh, part of me wonders if this culture stuff was just Lane Kiffin trying to find something to talk about negatively. To it's like, oh, hey, I'm sure. Yeah, just just bring this down a little bit. But I mean, it could yeah. be true. But it could be. You just but, can't you know, take the word from the for goat. it. Yeah. He learned from the goat. Saban can beat somebody 52 to nothing and be screaming at somebody. Mm. You know, and after the game going, well, you know, we just didn't execute good enough. We did this wrong. <laughs> we did that wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I, I see some of that in Kiffin. He's going to he's gonna just keep gnawing and gnawing and gnawing because, like you said, that perfection doesn't exist. There's mm. always something that you can work on. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, get more of the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Every day, Chris Gordy and his local experts on Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Tom, thank you very much. Um, Hopefully, I'll see you next weekend. uh, Oh, yeah. Next week. And we can talk a little bit about, at that point, preseason game number two and what we learned from preseason game number one. Sounds great, man. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. See you next week. Yes, sir. Oh, goodness. 